So welcome everyone. I'm Ann Strong, founder of Thriving Coaches, and I am joined today by our special guest guest expert, Susie Pomerantz. And she is a executive coach and a huge social media enthusiast. She was careful to caution me. She is no in no way a social media guru, but I think she is. So that's just my opinion. <laughs> Guys can take it for what it's worth. And so today we are just is a good word. What what's that? I was saying I think enthusiast is a very good word. I do too. Okay, fine. We won't use guru. You're an enthusiast. A social media enthusiast. And she's gonna talk to us about best practices for coaches because she is a coach and she's using these practices. So, before we get started, I'm going to lead us in a short centering to just bring us here all together a bit. So, if you want to just kind of take a moment for yourself, and if you're willing, release the multitasking, and just be really present in your own space, wherever you are, as well as in this space together, (laughs) wherever it is, and we acknowledge that we've come here in this time together to form a powerful mastermind alliance known as Thriving Coaches. And we acknowledge that as we gather here together, each bringing our own gifts and skills and strengths and insights and wisdom, that we strengthen each one of us. And we're particularly grateful today for Susie's enthusiasm and expertise around this social media topic. And we're just willing to... Be fully present here, engage fully, get the value that we each need for ourselves, contribute as we feel moved. And so we begin. So, beautiful. I'm not a big um, introduction person. I often forget to introduce myself. (laughs) And I don't like to do that to my guests. So, Susie, before we jump into the topic, is there anything you want to say about yourself or how you came to be an enthusiast or what's up for you? Well, I've had my coaching business. I coach executives and leaders and teams and organizations, and I've had my coaching business for 17 years. Yay. And about five years ago, I wrote a book called Feel the Deal, which um, really was written for coaches about um, about how to generate new clients as a coach and and really about how you create the opportunities to do what we love to do. And so in it, it talks about networking, marketing, and sales. And, and when social media came along, which, of course, the popularity of social media didn't explode until after the book was out, but what okay. I found was that the social media tools really make very real the mindsets that I talked about in my book, which is why I became such an enthusiast. And also... Frankly, I became an enthusiast um, kind of out of necessity, you know, mother, necessity is a mother of invention, and they say, but I, um, I, had, a, I, I had to get a, a quick crash course in um, what it means to manage your online reputation. And now there's this whole term out there that I didn't even know I needed to pay attention to before called ORM, which is Online Reputation Management. Oh, good I'm God. I have to worry about it. I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, ORM. You're, you're going to be hearing a lot more about it. I'm starting to read it in articles all over the place. Um, but it's something that that we now, in addition to everything else we need to manage and pay attention to as business owners, 
Um, but it's something we need to be aware of as coaches for our clients, especially those of us who are coaching people who are either celebrities or highly visible executives or coaching leaders and organizations because this online reputation management piece goes beyond what you put on your website and beyond how, how optimized for the search engines your website is. It has to do precisely with engaging effectively in social media. So that's what got me into it. Wow. Okay. That sounds daunting. I feel a little uh, uh, tension in me. Can can you relieve that, or is that part of the process? Yeah, I can relieve that too because it's fun. And that was, you know, I had that tension and anxiety, which is why I went, okay, I'd better learn about this stuff. But then what happened was, I discovered how much fun it is and how it really is <laughs> ideal for coaches because it allows us to do what we do best, which is connect with people, build trust, add value, contribute, make a difference in the world. And, and these are tools that let us do all that anytime, anywhere, um, without having to necessarily be out there, you know, um, doing a engagement or um, or face-to-face with clients. So it's, uh, does that help you, in <laughs> A little. I'm breathing again. Excuse me for just a second, Susie. There's a couple of people who aren't muted. If you've been coughing or walking around in the background, opening and closing a door, just go ahead and hit star six to mute yourself. Thank you so much. So... Susie, we have people sending questions ahead of time, and we'll also have people on the line ask questions. And this gal sent in a couple of really great starting questions that I'd like, just like to put at you. She she said, I know this seems basic, but could you please define social media? And I thought, well, I can't, but maybe Susie can. Yeah, that's a great, great place to start. So social media is the term used to talk about all of the things online that you get to interact in. And the foundation of that, you might also hear it called Web 2.0. And what Web 2.0, Web 2.0 is really what social media is. There are two names for the same thing. And Web 2.0 means that there's interactivity. Whereas where we first used to have our websites, it was just like a static page. You know, people could come to it and Mm. read it or not read it. Those were the only options. There was no interaction. Nowadays, there are a lot of opportunities for us to participate in the various websites. You know, if we're reading articles, we can often comment on them or we can rate them or we can forward them. You know, there's, uh, there are ways that we can play with the content that we find online. And the vehicles that allow us to do that are called social media. So some social media is like the, the sites that allow you to bookmark things like mm. Big or Delicious, uh, those kinds of things. That's, those, that's part of social media. Um, then there are the social networks, which is what I want to really focus on today, which are the things like Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, which are the big three. MySpace is, was part of that, but it's sort of dead now. They've kind of flatlined. Okay. And, um, and, and blogs. Blogging is a big part of Web 2.0 because it's a way to engage dialogue. So anything sure. online that allows you to participate or engage or allows others to engage, that's social media. Thank you. And excuse me again, I'm still hearing some background noise. If you're moving around, opening and closing doors or drawers, please go ahead and mute yourself. And everybody, if you could just pay attention for a moment. If you're not muted, go ahead and mute yourself so we've got a really clear line. Great. Thank you so much. All right. So social network, you want to jump in into those three since you, you kind of left off there? Yeah, so when we think about, um, let me just define what the three of them are and how they're different, uh, and then we'll look at why these are best practices for coaches. 
And I definitely want to make sure that everyone on the call gets what they came to the call looking for. So um, feel free to stop me at any time with questions that are coming in um, on your radar screen there, Anne. Great. And anyone Thank who wants to type in can also unmute and ask a question, too. Um, so, so the big three that I'm going to focus on are Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is predominantly professional. So it's the place where if you're someone who is looking for a job or if someone you coach is looking for a job or if you, someone you coach is a recruiter or if you're a recruiter, you absolutely already know about LinkedIn. Uh, but LinkedIn can be powerful for coaches in a couple of ways. One way is that it's a professional presence online in addition to your website. And especially if you don't have a website yet, it's a great way to have a professional presence online. Um, and it's free, and you fill out your profile, you sign up, and then you invite your contacts to link in with you and connect with you online. Now, the power of LinkedIn is that it has 50 million users, and they're all professionals. And what LinkedIn allows you to see is the extension of your network beyond the first tier of your network. So you have, if you have 50 connections, on LinkedIn, they also have some number of connections, which is your second tier of your network. And then all of those people also have their own connections, which becomes your third tier of your network. So LinkedIn makes it very obvious in a social mapping kind of a way for you to see very easily, oh, you mean with these 50 people that I know really well, I can actually reach 72,000 people? That's amazing, right? And you start to see the possibility. But where it's one of the best practices on LinkedIn for coaches is the section that allows for answers. There's something you can click on on LinkedIn called answers, where you can see the various questions that all kinds of professionals are asking about all kinds of things. And you can search by topic, and you can find a topic that you love to coach most about. Let's say you're a productivity coach. You can look for questions on productivity. Let's say you are um, coaching about... Um, Work-life balance, you can look for questions on work-life balance. So let's say you're, you're coaching people about overcoming challenges. Um, you can search for questions on challenges. So then, then you can answer those questions, which then starts to position you as an expert on LinkedIn, which starts to attract more attention to you and then helps attract to your network more people who are like-minded, <clears throat> excuse me, who like what you're saying, who then will help you. It, it, it all, it's almost an effortless way to grow your network. Um, so that's LinkedIn. <laughs> the, the next one is Twitter. And Twitter also has about 50 million users. And Twitter is the, the vehicle that I think is best for coaches because it's the most like real-life conversation. It's streaming online all-the-time conversation. And again, you sign up for a free account. You fill out your profile. So it's another way to um, master what your web presence looks like. But, but then you, you can connect with anyone you want on Twitter, and unlike LinkedIn and Facebook, they don't have to have your permission to follow you, and you don't have to have anyone's permission to follow them. So you can follow people on Twitter who are thought leaders, authors, celebrities, um, newsmakers. You know, there's really no limit, and it's just whatever your interest is. But what happens is you start to create these conversations online, and it's a great way to stay in your network because you see, you connect with like-minded people. You start to see who's putting quotes or theories or uh, links out there that are aligned with your philosophy or your way of thinking. There's tons of coaches on Twitter, and there's tons of coaching 
resources on Twitter, too. So, um, so I definitely recommend getting engaged in Twitter if you haven't already. And then the third one is Facebook, and Facebook has over 350 million users. It's by far the biggest and the fastest growing of the social networks. Yeah. And so on on Facebook, you can have a profile page, which is just you and whatever information you want to put out there about you, and you can set your privacy settings however you want to set them, and your friends can become your friends. They have to ask permission, and you have to approve them. And you build your friend network that way, but there's a limit to that, and the limit is 5,000. Now, many of us don't have 5,000 people, so we don't have to worry about that. But the, um, but the other option on Facebook for coaches is what they call the fan page. And so you can set up a Facebook fan page for your business. And all of this is free, by the way. That's what's so great about it. It kind of levels the playing field. You don't have to have a huge marketing budget because this is all free. Um, but on Facebook, on a Facebook fan page, you set it up as the name of your company. So, and you could have a Thriving Coaches fan page. Um, hmm. And then what happens is as people click to become a fan, then that sort of announces it to all of their connections. So let's say, for example, just to make this a little more realistic, and let's say you created a Thriving Coaches fan page on Facebook. And if I went to Facebook and I clicked on the little button that says become a fan, which I would do, by the way, if you had one. <laughs> Thank you for that, Susie. <laughs> yeah, then, then it would, it, what would happen is the, um, the fact that I became a fan would then be broadcast to all of my friends. So wow. I, by the way, have over 15, I have 1,500 friends on Facebook. And so all 1,500 of those people would get a notification that I just became a fan of Thriving Coaches fan page, and they, if that resonates for them, would go and check it out. Got and it. They could become a fan, and then all of their friends would know, et cetera. So that's Yes, what's going on my to-do list this afternoon? <laughs> Luckily, it's fast. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Um, Can I ask a quick question about that really quick? Go right ahead. This is this is Tara, and I'm just curious about that fan page. Do you have a, a a website and or a blog? Can you link that onto that fan page, or is it something that you have to set up separately on Facebook as a blog? No. If you so here's the beauty of social media, and that's a great question. If you have a blog, which I highly recommend, and we'll talk about that in a minute too. If you have a blog, there are all these third-party tools you can use to link your blog to, so that it goes to all of your social networks. So every time you post, the way I've got mine hooked up, every time I post something to my blog, it automatically goes to Facebook to my profile page, Facebook to my fan page, um, LinkedIn and Twitter and FriendFeed and Plaxo and, 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 and. It automatically goes to all those places. So. I don't have to go and post it everywhere. I don't. There's not effort or time that I have to spend maintaining all of these different social networks because there are ways to automate what goes where. And Susie, you're using a free tool that isn't a part of any of them. Is that correct? Well, some of them have embedded tools. So in Facebook, there are applications that allow you to pull in your blog depending on whether you have a WordPress blog or whether it's PipePad or Blogspot. It depends, right? So that you have to see what the functionality of the application inside Facebook is. But there's also third-party tools like um, Twitter Feed. Twitterfeed.com is another place where you go. You set up a free account, and you can program in there. Um, for however many blogs you have, you can tell it 
um, that you can tell Twitter feed to go and search every half hour to see if you've got a new blog post. And every time they find a new blog post, they'll post it to all the different accounts that you tell it to post it to. So you can tell it to post it to your um, Twitter account and to your Ping account, by the way. If you don't have a Ping account, P-I-N-G, that's an important one to have, too. Because ping.fm is where you go. That's the website, ping.fm. That one has the ability for you to link all of your social networking accounts. So if you have, if you're on FriendFeed and Plaxo and LinkedIn and you know however many you're on, even if you don't remember having signed up for it, you can still plug it all in, and then you can go to Ping or or set up your blog to automatically post to Ping, and then it'll go to all those things at once. So it's sort of setting up the system, which takes a little time initially, but once you do it, it's, it's wonderful how automatic it all is. And then it grows from there. So for example, now I post, uh, all I have to do is post something to my blog, and then it goes to all of these places. And then what's great about Twitter in particular is that on Twitter, it posts a link directly to your blog, and then people can retweet or forward that post if it's something of interest to them, so it posts the title and, and the link to it. And people can retweet it, and then when people retweet it, their friends and followers all see it, and then they can start following you if they like what you're posting about. And so very quickly, you can get tons of followers on Twitter. I, I started Twitter, um, I guess it's been a year and a half ago, and I have over 9,000 followers now on Twitter. And I, I, it's not like I actively am on there for hours a day. I'm not. I'm on there maybe 15 minutes twice a week. Wow. Good to know, because this sounds overwhelming to me. How have you kept well, it? it can be. Okay. It can be. I just, um, it's hard for me. So it, I'm saying a lot because it's hard for me to assess where everyone on the call is, right? I don't know if we're, if most of us on the call are beginners and have no social media set up or if we're at various stages of advancement and some of us have blocks and some of us have a, a bunch of social networking accounts, right? So... Um, so if you're overwhelmed and all of this sounds like too much because you haven't started yet, then the best practice is to pick one, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, and start. start and how would we it. pick? That's a great question. So let me talk a little bit about the different functionalities of them. And, and it all depends on what you're looking to do in the world, right? Who are your clients? Who are you looking to attract? Who are you looking to network with? What's up for you? Um, so... If you are someone who has products or books or messages to get out, Twitter is probably the best for you. Or if you are someone who is really just looking to expand your network and meet a bunch of people all over the world, Twitter is best for you. Um, if you are looking to only connect with those who are professionals in organizations, let's say you're an executive coach primarily, LinkedIn is where you're going to want to focus your attention initially um, because it's all pre it's predominantly professionally focused. And Facebook, now I have to stay clear of Facebook because I can get sucked into it and lose hours of my life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Facebook is fun. Facebook has videos and pictures and, you know, you can find people from every stage of your past and they can find you and it has live chat features and it's just and it has people's birthdays, and you can see pictures of people's kids, and, you know, it's <laughs> it's kind of like being in a, a reunion of your life, so you can get lost in there. Um, I know families have used Facebook. They create, um, you can create groups on Facebook, so I know families who have created, 
you know, the Smith family group on Facebook so that they can either plan reunions or just have everyone keep up with what all the cousins are doing. And um, so there's a lot, there's a lot that can happen on Facebook just socially speaking that isn't necessarily going to advance your business. Um, and so before you engage in any of them, it's really important to do some soul searching and figure out what your strategy is and why you want to be in social media. Um, because your strategy is going to determine which one you choose or how many you choose or how often you engage, et cetera. So, Susie, I think this would be a great time to pause and see who has questions. So if you have a question, go ahead and unmute yourself, hit star six so that we can hear you, and who would like to go first? Away. That's right. They ran off. They're asleep. Anybody questions around this? This is your time to have Susie give you specifics about what you could do given your situation. Susie, this is Tara again. <clears throat> um, I'm curious about how much time it takes to set up. If you're using Ping, um, and you know, so you've got one or two accounts. I mean, I have a Facebook account, but I don't have anything else. How long does it how long does it take to set that up? And then you commented that you really spend about 15 minutes, um, sort of what updating and that kind of thing. I'm really curious about just how much time everything kind of takes. Yeah. So I, so initially, what takes the time is. Uh, going into each of these different social networks and signing up for an account um, because they all want you to fill out the same stuff, right? They want to know your name and your email and how to reach you and your URL and all that. They want you to upload a picture. They want you to fill out your profile. And they all want you to do it slightly differently. So it's not like you can easily just cut and paste the same profile into each of these things. Um, nor would you want to because that could actually that you, you want your profile to sort of match and be a reflection of the community in which you're dropping it, right? So Facebook has a different uh, cultural experience um, as a community than does LinkedIn, and you want your profile to match that community. So there is some time and thought in setting up your profile and creating your account in the first place. It's very fast and free to actually create the account, but then you have to populate it with your, you, you have to fill out your profile, put your bio, your pictures, if you have video footage, whatever you're putting on there take some time. Um, and that's, that's really up to you how much time you want to put into it. I know some people just take their bio, cut and paste their bio in, consider their profile done, and then they're pieces. I, of course, am a little bit more of a perfectionist and tend to go look for design templates and, you know, make it colorful. And <laughs> so, I, you know, I play in that way, so it can take me a couple hours. Um, but that's entirely within your control. And then in terms of the maintaining it and updating, maintaining the updates once you've got everything set up, I literally am on maybe 15 minutes, two, maybe three times a week, typically two times a week. Um, and, and, and that's to update everything. So it doesn't, it, a lot of it's automated. Um, there are, there's another third-party application that's a, a big time saver. It's called Social Oomph. S-O-C-I-A-L-O-O-M-P-H, socialoomph.com. And that one allows you to program ahead of time what you want to put out on Twitter. Um, it also allows you to automate whether or not you accept people who, have, who are um, following you or whether you automatically follow them back. Um, so it, it saves a lot of time that way. <coughs> and... Um, 
and you can, you know, there are some people who use Twitter to just put a lot of really um, profound quotes out there. And so they, the social oomph would be really great for that. Or if you had a marketing message that you wanted to put out regularly, like let's say you had a thriving coach's call once a month, you could program that in ahead of time and it would go out to Twitter, you know, maybe a week before the call, a day before the call and remind people. And you wouldn't have to remember to go and do that. So once you... The initial amount of time to set it up is, is within your control as to how much time you want to spend on that, um, but then the maintenance does not have to be time-consuming at all. I'm sorry, can you repeat the social, what is it, social oomph? Social oomph, yeah. Social, S-O-C-I-A-L, oomph, like O-O-M-P-H, socialoomph.com. Thank you. Yeah. Susie. <laughs> I have a burning question. I am wondering with all of this, because I know you participate in all of these and you've participated for a while, can you track back business that you've received from being involved in social media or is it sort of adjunctive? I absolutely can, can track business. In fact, the deal I closed this morning was someone who found me on LinkedIn. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and that was for over $12,000. So, Beautiful. Um, that's a LinkedIn one. Uh, on Twitter, um, I don't – let me just think about that for a minute. I, I can definitely track revenues from Twitter, but in terms of direct coaching business, I haven't used it for that. I've used it more for exposure for the book or um, about different products that I sell. So okay. I've definitely sold products through it Um that's a good distinction, though. So you got a piece of coaching business from LinkedIn, and you've sold products from Twitter. Can you tell with yeah, Facebook? Yeah, but again, it, well, it comes. Yeah, you can, and it, it comes back to your strategy for each, and it comes mm -hmm. back to the distinctions of networking, marketing, and sales, because none of them by itself is a sales vehicle. These are sure. networking vehicles and marketing vehicles that create the relationships where then you can then go have a sales conversation. Sure. But you did that. You had a sales conversation today, and you closed the business. So I would call that yeah. what we're talking about here. Huh. Okay. So how about the rest of you guys? Other questions for Susie yeah. about your specific things? Go ahead. Yeah, this is Lynn. Um, I have a question for you in regards to Twitter. There is a Twitter 101, which is the business um, Twitter was wondering, do you think there's a real difference in the two? If I were to sign up, should I sign up for the 101? The, it's not a different thing. You're signing up for the same thing. There's only one Twitter. The, the Twitter 101 page that you're talking about is, is Twitter's way of trying to explain how Twitter is relevant to business because they got some pushback early on from me um, when they were first launching Twitter that people thought it was just for teenagers who wanted to text message each other all the time. <laughs> and they were saying, no, 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 there's actual business applications here. And here in Twitter 101, we're going to explain to you how it's used in business. So that's just okay. an explanation page. It's not, you're not signing up for anything different. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one Twitter. And everyone who's on it is in the same conversation as they choose to be. So and we just... Twitter. I mean, imagine... We don't tend to cross over with the teenagers because we're not following them, they're not following us, but we could or they could. Is that essentially how no. it works? 
Yes, and interestingly enough, when they do some demographic studies, the largest group of the largest population on Twitter is the 35 to 51 year old group. Really? Which, yeah, that's the largest group on Twitter. I was really surprised. I thought for sure it was the teenagers, but the teenagers seem to be mostly on Facebook. Hmm. Um, the yeah, and Twitter and LinkedIn are for the um, the, the boomers and professionals, which huh. surprised me initially. Interesting. So, Susie, we have another question coming through from Jean, and she was referring to something that she's heard a lot about, about it's important to have a clear strategic plan for your social media approach. And I think you've been outlining for us the different uses, and that would be part of a strategic plan. Is there more to it than that? There is, and it's about figuring out your purpose for being engaged in these social networks. So, for example... If you're someone who just wrote a book and it's about to launch, you might choose a different strategy for why you would engage and how you would engage in each of the three, the big mm. three, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, than if you were someone who uh, has had your coaching business for 10 years and you're really just looking to connect with a certain niche target market um, and you're looking to just, let's say you predominantly coach um, women in their 40s who are both employed and mothers. Um, you would be doing something completely different on each of these social networks than the person who is launching a book. And can you give so, us an example? I feel so stupid as to what you mean. I hear you that we do something different, but like what? Can you give us an example with your two? Yeah, sure. So if you take the woman, if you take whoever's coaching business focuses on women in their 40s who are moms, uh, and employees, you might be searching on these different networks to connect with um, groups that, so like I'm, I'm thinking in particular LinkedIn and Facebook have groups. So you might mm -hmm. be searching for groups on there for working moms, or you might be searching in groups on there for baby boomers, or for boomer women, or for, um, you know, there's a, a, a group comes to mind called Blue Suit Moms, mm. things like that you'd be searching for, right? Um, on Twitter, you would be using the search functions on Twitter to find the people that are in your target market and um, and engage in conversation with them on Twitter. So that's in that one group. In the other group, if you're if you're looking if you're the person who's looking to launch a book, you might be dripping little bits of content from the book onto each of these social networks mm. over time to start to build up followers and friends and connections who are interested in what your content is. And then and then you would um, perhaps offer a free report or perhaps offer a sample chapter, um, get people to sign up on your list. Uh, then when the book launch comes out, you know, you've already got people primed. It's as if, you, it's as if you've um, cultivated the garden space for, and planted <laughs> the seeds. And when the book is ready to launch, you know, it's, everybody's there waiting for it. Does that make sense? Totally, and fantastic analogy. Thank you. That really does make sense. Now, for all of you that are on the roundtable live right now, does that bring up questions for you about how you'd apply it? As you're thinking about what you're up to and you're listening to what Susie's saying, does that bring up questions for you about, hmm, how would I best do this? And I'm still hearing some background noise. If you're walking around or if you're intermittently coughing or if you're just not sure you've muted, just go ahead and hit star six to mute yourself. 
And if you have a question, go ahead and hit star six to unmute yourself. Who would like to go next? This is Kelly. Um, do you think, this was mentioned a little earlier, but so I'm a career coach, and I, I find that social media is a great way to leverage things I'm already doing, like free teleseminars or blog posts I've written or articles, right? So it kind of takes it to the next level and spreads the word a bit more. But do you think it like it's better to focus on one or two social media things and like really, really build a following, or does it make more sense to try and do everything? Like post like if you if you wrote an article and it was posted online, like should should I be sending that to every social media outlet or just one or two? For an article, I would definitely post it on all of them um, and get it out in as many places as you can. It's just more exposure. Um, in terms of building up your, you kind of asked two questions at once there. So I'm kind of building up your network and where to focus. I would start so. I can do, there's really no quick answer to that, right? It the answer is it depends, but I don't want to leave you with that because it doesn't really help answer it. Um, so I can share with you that when I first, LinkedIn was the first one I started playing with, and I started playing on LinkedIn about five years ago, and I didn't get it. I, had no, I didn't understand it. And I kept saying to myself, I don't get it. I don't understand what the point of this is. I'm just <laughs> going to collect people that I know for now, and maybe someday it'll make sense, right? And now it's starting to make sense. Um, but that's kind of, that was my approach to LinkedIn, and that was five years ago. And then um, when I got on Twitter and Facebook, that was both around the same time, and that was a, a year and a half ago. And on both of those, it was kind of like, well, okay, you know, I was very reluctant. I was like, well, okay, I have to explore these, and I'm going to, you know, see how many people I already know that are open and see what, which one builds the fastest and just kind of see what they can do. And it was all a great big experiment. And then what happened in, in my experiment was that Twitter, Twitter seemed to be the thing that took off the fastest, right? I've been growing LinkedIn for five years, and I had maybe 200 people on it and, um, initially. And then Twitter, within two months, I had 500 people. And it, was, it, it seemed really fast um, to grow a network, and it seemed to be more, more fun and aligned with the way I think about meeting people and connecting with people and, and um, you know, seeking to add value. So... I focused more on Twitter for quite a while and played on Twitter for quite a while as, as my focus. And now what I see happening um, just in terms of the, the strategies of what I'm using social networks for, and that's changed over time. It keeps changing as I keep reevaluating it. Now I seem to be playing more on Facebook. Um, and I have a feeling that's a function of changes in the technology where I have an iPhone. the feeling that because Facebook made the change that Anytime something new happens on Facebook, it pops up on my iPhone like a text message. It just shows up whether I'm looking for it or not. That, I think, serves as a reminder to keep getting me back into Facebook more frequently so that um, so I seem to be engaging more there now. So, so the answer to your question is you can try all, all of them. You can see which one yields the best results for you in the shortest amount of time. Or you can just pick one and just focus on the one. It's not like there's a right or wrong way to do it. It's about figuring out what's going to work for you with your strategy of why you want to engage in the social networks in the first place. Okay. And it, what's the deal? With, like, how is it that I have, like, 100 Twitter followers, and I'm not super active on Twitter, but I'm on there, and other people have 10,000. Like, how on earth do you get to 10,000? Well, it, they're... 
I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not at 10,000 yet. I have 9,000. So I'm almost Oh, you're there. so funny. How do you get to 9,000, Susie? Anything up to 5,000 is amazing, in my opinion, because, like, to me, interestingly, like on what you said, LinkedIn is way easier for me to build my network there. Because it's like, this ad, I know that person, I know that person. Whereas Twitter, it feels like all these, like, strangers out there. And, I, and I'm not sure, like... And then you also hear that you shouldn't be following more people than are following you. So then, so how do you really rapidly grow your Twitter followers with relevant people, you know? Okay, so I have two thoughts for you. The first thought is if LinkedIn feels really easy and natural for you, focus there, right? But to answer your question directly about how you build your followers on Twitter, um, what I did was I spent a lot of time following people initially. I just searched for everyone I thought would be of interest to me. I searched for other coaches. I searched for thought leaders. I searched for authors about different subjects. I searched for people by name. I searched by topics that I was interested in. And I followed everybody I, I thought was interesting to follow. Um, and you can do that up to 2,000 people. You can follow 2,000 people before Twitter cuts you off and says, sorry, you can't follow anybody else until the ratio of your followers to following is is better. Um, So I did that. I followed 2,000 people, and some percentage of them will automatically follow you back just because. Just because you followed them, they're going to follow you back. So that was how it started. And then I was able to go back in and look at, okay, now, who are the ones with which I'm able to engage and have conversations and, and unfollow the others so that then you have room to follow people. Um, until the ratio between the the people I was following and the people who were following me got close enough so that Twitter took the you know took the brakes off and let me go forward and follow more people again. Does that answer that? That was one strategy for Twitter. The other strategy was to really be thinking about what I wanted to what messages I wanted to put out there that would contribute and add value, and what messages I wanted to retweet. I, I found a lot of people that I considered inspirational, and I spent a lot of time retweeting their messages. Okay. Which helps Thank you. And helps you, and yeah. And Kelly, I heard the same thing that Susie heard. Your excitement, your ease around LinkedIn was palpable, and your um, frustration, tension around Twitter was palpable. So I think what Susie told you was brilliant. Spend your time on LinkedIn, particularly because I'm sure a lot of people are naturally there with you being a career coach. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, And a good place, LinkedIn's a great place for a career coach, too, because you can connect not only with people who are looking for career moves, but you can connect with a lot of recruiters. Every recruiter with themselves is on LinkedIn. And that would be a great um, potential referral stream for a career coach. Recruiters referring to a career coach. That's what you're saying, Susie? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, just as a possibility, right? Like you create relationships. If you create really um, great relationships where you're adding value in the relationship and being generous with recruiters and helping them, and they are in touch with all kinds of people all the time, and they're, they can be really great referral sources for career coaches. Okay, great. So, Susie, we only have a, like five minutes left, and I would love to, you had mentioned when we talked about what you'd like to talk about, that we would perhaps want to avoid some black holes, and I'm thinking that might be something good to spend a couple of minutes on. Uh, black holes. The, me the time wasters, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, yeah. 
Um, yeah, so strategies for avoiding black holes. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, so for me, since my black hole is Facebook and I can just get lost in there, I, I try not to do that until the weekend. When, <laughs> um, when I don't end up, you know, when it's, it feels more like it's my time as opposed to time when I'm supposed to be doing something really productive for my business. Um, but the other ways to do it are if you find – it depends on what you find you're spending your time doing because there's a lot of different strategies and tools out there um, to help ease that black hole feeling, right? So for that's the interesting thing that's popped up. For As the popularity of these social networks has increased, um, the invention of all of these really cool third-party applications and tools for how to make them more effective have also popped up on the scene. So – Chances are, if you're struggling with a, a black hole time waster around one of these social networks, chances are there's an application for how to automate that. So we mentioned a couple. Um, we mentioned Twitter feed. We mentioned social oomph. Um, ping, we mentioned that's another time saver. Um, a time saver in looking for people to follow uh, on Twitter, You can there's a search function within Twitter that you can use but there's also something called Twello, like Twitter and Yellow combined Twello, like the Yellow Pages. It's the Twello Pages. It's Twello.com, and you can search for people in there, and you it, it seems to me that that's faster. That mm. you can, it brings you back a lot of results more quickly that are more aligned to what you're searching for than when you search on Twitter itself. Great. Thank you. So... Before we wrap up, I really want to give people the opportunity to know how to take a next step with you. And for you guys on the roundtable right now, Susie mentioned her book, Seal the Deal. I have it. I've used it. It's fabulous. Tons of very applicable stuff. My favorite part is she just shares the whole thing about contracts and how to write your agreements. And anytime it's time for me to do a new one, I just go to the book and get it out, and it's all right there. And she also has a product called Twitter for Coaches that teaches you how to move through this. Susie, how, how do they reach those resources and purchase those resources? Um, so thank you for that, Anne. The um, You're deal is at Amazon, it's at Barnes & Noble, so that's just your normal, wherever you normally go to buy a book. Um, you can get that. It's, you can also just um, get it online. And... Um, and the the Twitter for coaches is there's at my website, which is also my blog, www.suzypomerantz.com, and Susie does not have an e in it. It's S-U-Z-I, Pomerantz.com. There's at the top there's a, um, one of the navigation links is called the coaches store, and you click on that and everything's in there. The Twitter for coaches program is in there, um, and there's an ebook about how to connect with leaders in the age of social media. Um, what else is in there? Oh, there's a Rainmaking Made Easy audio program in there, which is basically the audio version of the Seal the Deal book. So all of those can be found at suzypomeranz.com on the Coaches Store. Well, thank you, Susie, so much for your time. It feels like we barely scratched the surface, but you've actually given me a little bit more hope and a couple of concrete ideas. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, and feel free if anyone has any further questions or follow-up, you can find me on all of the <laughs> social networks. So, you know, connect with me there, give a shot, and I'd love to connect with you. 
Beautiful. Thank you, Susie. So we'll be back here, same time, same place, two weeks on Tuesday, May 4th, and our topic uh, will be consistently inviting potential clients to become clients. So thank you, Susie. Thank you, everybody, for participating so fully, and we'll see you all again in two weeks. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot.